cool guy. I love to have fun. I love having fun. If you love having fun, give the Lord a hand clap. Uh, and I think about that song of all the fruitless searches that I went on before Christ burst into my life and took control. I mean, I did everything. And Lynn went with me in all these fruitless searches searching for God knows what. I don't know what I was even looking for. But I was looking for Him. The whole time. In the drugs and all the other stupid things that we did, I was looking for purpose, I was looking for meaning, and it kept eluding me for years. May 1st, 1993, I gave my life to the Lord. Uh, some 29 years ago, Annette, you did to Today is your anniversary, 27, 28 years of coming to Jesus, right? Where Jesus basically apprehended you. Because it wasn't us that were looking for God. God went looking for us. It wasn't, we didn't come to God. He called us, he beckoned us to come to him. And there we found mercy. You know, uh, so that's what we're talking about tonight. I've been going through the Beatitudes. Many of you know this. Many of you don't. I don't, I'm not really sure what's going on. We're in this series, going on Sermon on the Mount, the best amazing sermon ever preached. This is, you know what this is? We wear these around our necks. The object, not of our faith, Jesus is the object of our faith, obviously, but it's on the cross that he bore the sins for me and for you. This would be the equivalent nowadays of hanging an electric chair around your neck, but there's a flip side to the justice that was served on that cross is the incredible mercy that was displayed. The one most single, powerful, and uh, important act of mercy in human history. Where would we be without Jesus on that cross? We would be bound for hell, right? But at just the right time, it pleased God to reveal his son to us, right? Yes. That's why we say Hallelujah. And sometimes you're like, well, just the right time, if you would have saved me a lot of trouble, if you just kind of would have come a little bit earlier, right? But that wasn't what God did. At just the right time, God intersected your life and mine with incredible acts of mercy. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, we're on. Can you bring up Matthew? I think I'm just going to do, I'm using the ESV tonight. Um, can we bring that up? Okay. Wow. All right, Christina, Michael, thank you for your patience in, in getting it up. We know you were struggling, but it happened. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so I'm going to walk through the first part, and some of this is review. Um, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountainside, and where he sat down, his disciples came to him, the Beatitudes, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Right? You come to the end of it, you realize, I've got nothing, I, 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 I need help. Great. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I'm sorry, blessed are the poor. Yeah, blessed for nobody of comfort. Mourning over your sin and the sins of the world. Seeing the crowds, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I remember doing this, and meek is not weak. Meek is incredible power under control, controlled by the Holy Spirit. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. How many hunger and thirst for righteousness in your own life? I mean, you want to do what's right. 
You want to please God. You hunger for it, even though sometimes you can't quite seem to grasp it. It's like sand through hands. You can't, but you want it. You hunger for it, don't you? Pretty much everybody in here. And when you blow it, you fall back on grace, right? But we don't continue to sin, right? No, we, 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 we wake up and, sorry, Lord, I blew it again. But you're hungry and you're thirsting. And now we land on blessed are the merciful. Well, they will be shown mercy. Who loves Peter? The apostle. Love him. Who can kind of relate to Peter, the loudmouth, brash? All the men are going, and all the women are going, he, you know, whatever. And there probably are some Peter ladies in here, quite frankly. What? Okay. Just saying. So turn to your Bible to Luke. Chapter 22. Now, isn't it interesting that Jesus rode into town on the donkey and everybody was going crazy, Hosanna in the highest. They're throwing palm leaves out and one week later they're shouting crucify him because he didn't live up to their expectations of what they thought Messiah would be. He's a little bit different than they expected. So a lot of you guys in here, you come to Jesus with expectations. I come to Jesus, the dog comes home, the husband or wife is completely under control, get a fat bank account, kids are all perfect. Well, a few of them, you know. You, you have these expectations. Yes? Just me? And when it didn't work that way, that's what happened to these guys. This is not Messiah. He, this is not, he was surely going to come and release us from the subjugation of the Roman Empire. He was going to set us free. That's what we, and, and then he's saying, uh, bless your enemies and all this stuff. This is, this is nonsense, right? Eat my flesh, drink my blood, you know. So here it is one week later. My, how it's changed in one week. So right before this, right before Jesus is betrayed and turned over, he knew that he was going to build the church on Peter or the doctrine that he was going to give to Peter, right? He knew this. But he had to get Peter out of the way first. Because there are sometimes men, you think you can do it all in your own strength, and then God has to show you, has to strip you bare to make you understand that you cannot do it except for the power of the Lord. You can't do it, even big, strong guys. And then I think that stripping happens over your lifetime. By the way, case in point, I call uh, Peter the woman. I'm, I'm sorry. Dang it. Christina. <laughs> One of my closest friends. And we work each other's nerves big time. Do we not? Because that's what brothers and sisters in Christ do. The Bible says make allowances for each other's faults. She sees mine, she made allowances, and I see one of hers. And I made allowances. You owe me. I called her, I said, hey, uh, where are you at? Because I wanted to get my scriptures in on time. She goes, well, we're, we're at softball practice. I said, well, okay, how's that going? She goes, well, we're a work in progress. I said, kind of like us. We're a work in progress. We're not there yet. God is trying to get rid of your flesh or get you out of the way so he can do something special with you. And that's going to take the rest of our lives. 
When I say, or Jesus said, it's a marathon, I meant it. This isn't something that all of a sudden you arrive and go, well, pretty much a super saint by now. I don't even know, God, you're so lucky to have a fellow of my stature on your team. I think that's what Peter thought. And Peter had to be shown, you've got nothing. You absolutely have nothing that could be useful. Not to say that he's worthless because he was the apple of God's eye. And so are you. And God sees you through the lens he sees. He sees in his eyes you're something special. Do you feel like special? Some of you are like, he, she's really special for real. He's definitely special. He chose you. This wasn't plan B. He chose you before the foundations of the world. He knew. He saw it all. Some people think, well, the first Adam got it all wrong, which he did. But God decided this before the foundations of the word. I think it's 1 Peter and 4, I believe, and don't, that he actually lays it out. This happened before the foundations of the earth. He knew all of this. This is the plan. But he has to get you out of the way. So here he goes. This is shortly before he's betrayed. He's talking to Peter. Simon, Simon, actually earlier, let me go back it up just a little bit. No, I won't. Anyway, Simon, 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 behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Anybody ever feel like they're being sifted? You know what that is? You know what a sifter is? That's like your life is just in turmoil. It's up and down, and you're just being wrung out. The devil actually said, I want to take this Peter and sift him. Because he knew there was something in Peter that was special. He knows there's something in you that's special. The devil may be sifting you right now. But here, be of good cheer, because God is sitting, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's praying for you even right now. He's praying that your faith wouldn't fail when it's your turn. And make no mistake about it, whether it's your doing or somebody else's doing, your turn's coming. I've been through my sifting, and my faith did not fail. Hallelujah. It didn't fail. It got wrung out, and God had to get Randy out of the way, and it was rough, let me tell you. And there have been seasons in my life that have been rough. And I know it's not the last time. <clears throat> I like to think it's one of the last times by my own stupidity. Probably not, but anyway. But he was, I was being sifted. I was being sifted. He was getting rid of Randy, which there's more Randy to come off. There's a long way to go because we're a work in progress. But I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And I will say this. We are the church. When one part of the body is hurting, we are all hurt. Not only is Jesus praying for you, the church prays for you because we're the body of Christ. That's what we're to do. That your faith would not fail. That you would rise up. Get out of the tomb. If he's on trial in your life, take him off trial. He was on trial in my life for a long time. Just enough Jesus to be a Savior, but not quite enough to be my Lord. He had to get me out of the way, just like he's doing here. And when you have turned again, notice he says, 
when you have turned again. He didn't say, and if you turn it around and get the ship right, Peter. No, when you do this, because I prayed for you. Strengthen your brothers. David the psalmist said, then I'd be able to treat, teach transgressors your way. Sinners will turn to you because I'm an idiot and I turned and came back to you. Maybe I could teach other people to come back to you when they've screwed it all up and thought it was over, game over. But Jesus prayed. Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. I can see Peter. Well, John, he's, you know, he's kind of Mr. Cool. Uh, well, Philip, who knows about that guy? He didn't say much, so you know what? You can just think that he was above everybody else, right? Nobody in this church would do that, right? Okay, good. I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times. You deny three times that you even know me. Can you imagine what a blow that was to Peter's ego? Not, wow, not me. Jesus prayed for Peter. Let Peter go in his own strength to learn it was only by the Lord's power. Zechariah 4, 6, not on your notes. Zechariah 4, 6, not by might nor by power, but by spirit, says the Lord Almighty, right? Apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus said in John 15. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I remember as a young Christian going, wow, that's kind of weird. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I get up, I go to work. I do the yard work. I didn't really understand. You can do nothing of any spiritual significance apart from Jesus. Nothing. You can't do it. You can try. You'll be frustrated. You'll be kicking against the goats. It will not happen. If you're not in the word, guys, you in the word, not your mother, not your wife, not your husband, you, you in the word. Now, there are times when you're early in your walk. I keep looking over here because they're brand new Christians. Praise God. Amen. I love this couple, right? I do. And you should be loving on them too because they're brand new at this. And there's a spirit that comes against the baby just like it was in Herod's time. That They always come after the baby Christians. So it's our job as a church to get around them and support them while it's tough. The devil's always tried to kill a baby. Always, going back to Moses, going back to Jesus, he's always tried to take out the baby because that's new birth, right? So praise God. And I know right now it's tough. And you're kind of figuring this thing out. And you're walking through going, well, I don't even know if this thing's working. He works. If your God ain't working, try mine. He does work. But you got you to you do the time. You got to do the time. You have to do the homework. You have to stick with it. You have some tick, stick to it in this. That's a big word. It's probably Greek or something. Stick to itness. You don't just give up. You, 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 you keep doing. You keep plodding along, right? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Here we go. We're going to move it forward. That was kind of just, in a sense, extra. Martin was out on the front stoop just a minute ago going, which tells me he's so spiritually hungry he wants me to keep going. <laughs> Thank you, Martin. Thank you for the encouragement, my brother. 
pick it up at um, 23 and 18. By this time, yeah, uh, Jesus, you know, they've, they've come to this mock trial. It's, just, it's, a, it's a joke. Uh, Pontius, in a sense, wants to release him. I feel, you know, we're talking, I, we were talking earlier, do you think Pontius was saved? I don't know. I believe his wife was, it would appear. She recognized that Jesus was a holy man. Didn't want to crucify him. And I don't think Herod did either, but that's here. Or uh, Pontius didn't either. He appealed to Herod. Herod's a joke. He was a puppet guy. He was, uh, you know, just put in position. He got, went back to Pilate. And ultimately, the, uh, the Jewish people wanted him crucified. And that's where we kind of land on the story at 18. Pilate delivers Jesus to be crucified in 18. But they all cried out, Away with this man and release to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection, started in the city, and for murder. Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! A third time! A third time! He said to them, Why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no guilt, deserving death. I will therefore punish and release him. But they were urgent, demanding with loud cries that he should be crucified. And their voices prevailed. So Pilate decided that their demand should be granted. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurgents, inter, insurrection, and murder, for whom they asked. But he delivered Jesus over to their will. You know what Barabbas means? Son of the Father. Some accounts say that his first name was Jesus. So they had two choices. Release over Jesus of Nazareth or Jesus, son of the Father, or Barabbas. Isn't that interesting? So here it is. Barabbas was certain to die. He was on his way. He woke up that morning. Well, I'm going to be crucified today. I die. Jesus comes at the last second and takes his place. And he is released. What a picture for me. I was certain to die. The wages of sin is death. I was on my way to death, spiritually speaking. And Jesus came and took my spot on May 1st, 1993. So I technically died 2,022 years ago. I died on that cross, and then he set me free. Isn't that great? So my question for you guys, question for me, which Jesus would you let go? Would you let the guiltless, would you cry crucify him? I, I got to be honest, if I was there in the flesh, like everybody else, I would probably have been all revved up. It's easy to say from this point in history that I would have, really? You can't say that. You don't know. The crowd's all worked up to in the frenzy. How many times in your workplace do you deny Jesus? How many times in your homes and your communities do you not deny that you even know him? I don't know. It's okay, guys. We all do it. Just calm down and relax. Oh, God. Am I the one dipping my, am I the one? We all do it. We need to do it less. 
You need to stand up because this is a time for the born-again followers of Jesus to stand up and say, I follow Jesus and I am proud of it. I love my Lord. I love my Savior. I don't get it right all the time. But you know what? He's not... He's not on trial in my life. I've made my decision. And as they led them away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene who was coming in from the far country, or from the country, and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. This Simon was from Africa, the northern part of Africa. Some people would say that maybe he was a a dark-skinned guy. We don't know. It's not really said. But here he is, just minding his own business, coming to the Passover, there for the festival, And he's just walking along, and he gets dragged into this horrific scene. Remember the movie last night? How many of you guys were just doing your own thing, just living your own life, and Jesus apprehended you, just kind of bumped into you, just kind of what you thought might have been a coincidence? You're just kind of doing your own thing, and Jesus just jumps into the thick of things. That's how it was with us. In a sense, I was looking, but I wasn't looking for him to, I just want to make sure I'm not going to hell. I'm really not into the whole, like, you coming in and changing my whole life around and my priorities and my business and all the other things that I'm doing. I really wasn't. I just want to make sure I get the little Monopoly get-out-of-jail card. That's what I'm looking for. Simon is here, minding his own business, and they say, get him, you carry the cross. A lot of people would say it's a picture of when Jesus said, those who don't pick up the cross aren't worthy of following me. A lot of people would say uh, it's a picture of us because you can bet while he was helping Jesus carry that cross, some of those cat nine tails were getting on him too and some of the whippings were happening on him too. So a servant's not above his master. If they persecuted him, they're going to persecute you. It's going to happen. So here's the thing in America, the Western, how many people have been to other places, other countries and been to Christian churches, services. It's a whole lot different than here, right? Here, here, here's, here's how we do it. And I'm not down in the American church. I think we're spoiled. I think we're a little fat, but I think there's an army rising up. I think there's a line being written in the sand or the dirt or whatever. I think there's a true separation coming. We're the ecclesia, the called out. We should look different. We shouldn't be like everybody else, Right? So I remember going to church, I can't wear Pakistan, or India, I don't know where we were. But some of these people, we'd pass them in our motor car, and they'd be walking for five miles to get to church, or 10 miles to get to church, or 15 miles to get to church. We can't, not we, because you're here. And most of you are very consistent. Thank you, Jesus. And it surprises me, are you is your life coming together? And do you have joy and peace and all the other fruits of the Spirit because you're here? I would suspect because you're, ex- you're working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Right?
Some people say, or some scholarship says, that this Simon was martyred, went back to Egypt, and was a preacher of sorts, and was martyred and sawn in half for the gospel. Now, we don't know. We weren't there. But my question, how can you have an encounter with Jesus and go back to doing what you were doing before? How can you have a true encounter with Jesus and turn your back on him? How can you do this? I've done it. We've all done it, haven't we? But Jesus prayed for us, that our faith would not fail. He prayed for us. The very fact that we're still standing is probably on the prayers of Jesus, only on Jesus. All glory goes to God. You don't have anything you can bring to the party. You pretty much prove, like Peter, what we bring to the party. I don't even know the man. I don't know him. You know what's funny? I remember on Connor's birthday, September 18th, the first time I heard the cock crow, after we thoroughly whipped the Sherwin-Williams representatives at a round of golf by 20 strokes. Shut up, Alpha. I remember sitting in a restaurant, and we were talking about, and one of them said, hey, we heard that you were following Jesus. This was in October, May, May, June, July, August, September, October. And I said, no, I, I, I don't know. Maybe what you heard, I don't know. Er, 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 er. We've all done it. But Jesus prayed that my faith would not fail. And that's why we're here today, right? Still, because of mercy. Mercy. Where would we be without mercy, guys? I mean, mercy is everything. If you've received mercy, you need to extend mercy, even when it's hard. They really don't deserve it. I know that you deserved mercy and grace. You know, you deserved it. But it sure is nice to get, but sometimes it sure is hard to give. Right. You're right, Linda. We're most like Jesus. We need that thing. Yeah, Lyle. Yeah, most like Jesus. Good. It's good. It's good. So here's this Simon. And there followed him a great multitude of people and women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them... Jesus said, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. They will begin to say to the mountain, to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. He was talking about the fall of Jerusalem, which had happened some 37 years later. Jerusalem, that was, uh, we hear, we, we say all the time, or we think all the time, oh, I heard Jerusalem fell. Thousands of people slaughtered in that siege. It, 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 was, it was epic. Jesus is talking about that 37 years before it happened. And not only that, it's gonna, he talks a little bit about the end of time. For if these things, if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Right now, I'm here. Jesus is here. What's going to happen when I'm gone? You know, there's a saying that says, if the gold rusts, what will the iron do? If you're a Christian, 
Give me that phone. Is that Kevin? Is that Kevin? No, just kidding. You were given to. We don't get it right all the time, guys, right? And we, we love mercy. And we're going to begin to extend mercy to those that we don't think we should extend mercy to. That's why I'm challenging you tonight. Yes? Should we back forth? Okay. Is there a... Amen. He's working on all of us because, like we said, we're works in progress. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. Some people think that they were, they were kind of partners with this Barabbas that's already been released. We don't know. We weren't there. But there's some scholarship that would say they were all in this thing together. And these two ended up going to the cross with Jesus. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on the left. I think it's ironic. Which one's on the right which one's on the left? But I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to be all political. <laughs> okay, good. No, I'm not doing it. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I wonder sometimes at the Last Supper, I would bet that Jesus washed Judas's feet. He did. Would you wash Judas' feet? Knowing that, would you? Jesus did. Service not above his master. We need to do the same thing. If you do see what I'm doing, it, you do the same thing. I'm not saying that I'm working on a lot of this stuff. Because I just like keep a little hammer out. Okay, bam! Sometimes. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, you don't know what to do. And they cast lots to divine his garments. All this is prophesied. Zechariah, Isaiah, a lot of this stuff, hundreds of years. And the people stood by watching, but the ruler scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he's the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. And another account, um, one of the, one of the, one of the uh, leading council would say, we don't want it to say that. We want it to say, uh, he said he was the king of the Jews, not he is the king of the Jews. And it was, he said, no, what I've written is going to happen. You just leave it alone because he is the king. There's no a misunderstanding here. He's the king. Jesus is king. We say it all the time. Do we believe he's the king of your heart? Let me say this. Let's pretend. You remember Mannix? Does anybody remember Mannix? Perhaps the greatest detective ever besides Columbo? Right? Maybe Barnaby Jones? You guys don't know. They're going, I've never heard of this guy. Let's say, yeah, what's a new guy that would be a great private investigator? What's a new guy? Oh, okay. CSI Missouri. How about those guys? If we put those guys on you, and they followed you around. <laughs> Amen. He'd be bored. He should be. 
would they have enough evidence to convict you that you follow Jesus? It's a question for you guys. Not like micromanage everything, everything. And then it was like, if over the broader scope of time, two months, three months, a year, whatever, could they come to a conclusion that these people are different? They must have a different king. Jesus must be the king of their heart. There's enough evidence to convict them. Would there be enough evidence to put you on trial, trial as a believer? Amen. That's a question for you guys. I can look from the outside and go, oh, okay, everybody's here super saved. Nobody does anything wrong. No nefarious activity going on here. It's easy for an hour and a half on Saturdays. It's on your job. It's with your wife or your husband or your kids. Those meddling little kids are really bringing out of you, won't they? Not in this church. I'm talking about other places. But One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him. Now watch. We're almost ready to land this plane. You can almost see. Uh, you know, when we were in Colorado, we're going to go there again. Okay, we're hoping to go to Colorado, but I got to get this altitude sickness under control. But when we went to Colorado, one thing blew my mind, man. I remember standing at the Continental Divide. Just standing there going, this is really crazy. I hadn't seen the mountains before. This has been a few years. And, and if a drop of water landed 10 feet to the right, it ended up in the Pacific Ocean. If a drop of water landed 10 feet to the left, it ended up in the Atlantic Ocean, the continental divide. You know, that's the cross, the dividing. If you fall on the wrong side of the cross, you end up in hell. Is what it is. One thief went, he kicked the doors wide open, went out with hate on his lips, and he hit this, this guy, this unrepentant sinner, unrepentant thief, kicked the doors of hell wide open. And he was within earshot of Jesus. He heard him saying all the things. He probably would have been known of Jesus' teachings around the area, but he just didn't believe. And guess what? The other guy on the other side, don't you fear God? Do you not fear God? You know, a saving faith starts with a reverent fear for a holy God, understanding you are separate from a holy God. You're so much different than God, it's, it's unbelievable. This thief, don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due rewards for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. His doctrine is straight as a gun barrel. It, 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 it's amazing. So the simplicity of the gospel is recognizing that he is a holy God, and it's a bad thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. And that, that anger was satisfied on that cross by the man just a little bit away. I'm placing all my, I, I, I'm in. I'm placing it all on Jesus. When I stand before God, I have nothing to go on other than I placed it all with Jesus. Everything I've ever done, he atoned for. Everything I ever thought about, he atoned for. Everything I ever did after the fact that I recognized him as Lord and Savior, he atoned for. He paid it all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. John Newton, you know who he is, wrote Amazing Grace. What a scoundrel, guys. He was a true bad, bad fella. Some say he might have killed 15, 20, 25,000 slaves on those ships coming from England. When God got a hold of him, you're talking about it, repent. You're talking about coming home. He did more 
for abolition. He hooked up with William Wilberforce later, became a mentor, and did all this stuff, wrote Amazing Grace. It's a pretty popular song. You ever heard of it? Amazing Grace, how sweet sounds, say, dredge like me. I was blind, but now I see, right? But towards his ending days, you know what he said? After all the accomplishment, all the accolades, all the things, I don't think he realized how big Amazing Grace would eventually become because it didn't matter to him. The only thing that matters is me knowing Jesus. All else is rubbish. But he was quoted as saying, um, you know, I, I, my memory's gone, and I, 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 I can't think much anymore, but these two truths I know, that I'm a great sinner, and Jesus is a great Savior. That's what I know. I'm mean, talking about simplicity with this thief up. He didn't have time to, well, I tell you what, Jesus, if you don't mind, I'll talk to the Roman guards here and see if I can't go off there, attend to a few church services, maybe do some things, and then we could come back and talk about this. He had no time for any of that. And there's a great meme thing that we did a few weeks ago. How does this fit into your theology? This thief had no time to be baptized. He had no time to do good works. He just simply believed. Is that great? Just simply believed. That's nothing to do with you because I got to tell you, you're an idiot. Danny, you're an idiot. Tim, I know you're an idiot. Barry, you're an idiot. Biggest idiot in here is me. Mercy. God had mercy on me. He had mercy on you. He knew you were going to be an idiot husband. You were going to be an idiot wife. He knew it all. Then you're, well, she was always a good wife, but whatever. But I was an idiot husband. Barry, you're an idiot. But listen, Jesus works. And it's because of his mercy we extend mercy. Even when it's not popular, even when it's not easy. Sometimes as a Christian, you have to go, here you go, humble yourself under the mighty right hand of God. He resists the proud. Did you know that? He resists the proud. But gives grace to the what? Humble. Go and say, listen. When you're a Christian, you have to say, I'm sorry, when you're not the one that's even wrong. Are you kidding me? This is really, this cross is lugging me down, Jesus. I have to say that I'm sorry, and I'm not the one that's wrong. You see, he, she is wrong. You watch. You watch the grace of God come and blow your minds when you say, I'm sorry, baby, I blew it, even when you weren't the one that blew it. Watch what will happen. You see, love keeps no record of rights and wrongs. You know, well, that's just something we read at weddings, 1 Corinthians 13, isn't it? We, we, it's not jealous, it's not boastful, it's not proud. It keeps no record of wrong. If it's a scorecard, I'm, I'm screwed, guys. For real. If it's a scorecard, then I'm on a losing end every time. So the question I have today is the same as the thief and the same question that Barabbas Will you surrender to God in acknowledgement of his and gratefulness of what Jesus did? Or will you go it along like the thief on the cross did? 
I'm a self-made man. I'm going to do this all the way in. Or will you just simply say, have mercy on me, a sinner? That's the question that we all have to answer. That's the question that your neighbors, your friends that don't know Jesus will answer. But Mike, do they see Jesus in you? Do they? When you saw last night that depicted on that screen, I hope it evoked in you some, uh, man, I, I want to get my life in alignment with God. I know that I can't get it right 100%, but I want to. Because if he did that and I was the only person, doesn't it demand some passion? Doesn't it demand some seriousness? Doesn't it demand some scholarship, some study, some discipleship commitment? Doesn't it demand that? Out of gratitude. Not, not to get right with God. You do that because you are right with God because he got it right. He got it right so we can get it wrong. But that makes you want to get it right. It's grace. It's mercy. Tied together like chains. Grace and mercy. God's riches at Christ's expense. He died on the cross so we could walk free. Just like Barabbas, just like the thief. Because you're Barabbas. And you're the thief. And you walked free. Because he paid it all. That's mercy. Ain't that wonderful? That's why Christians can say, hallelujah, I am free. And he who's free is? That's it. So I'm going to pray over the meal. We're going to have a little fun. Maybe there's somebody here tonight that you can come up and go, listen, I'm sorry. Maybe somebody at home, you get home and say, I'm sorry. Maybe somebody you call on the phone. Maybe it's a grandma. Maybe it's a mother. Maybe it's a brother. Maybe it's a sister, maybe it's an uncle, maybe it's somebody. Maybe it's your dog. Maybe you've been an idiot to your dog. I'm sorry. But don't lose this serious for the humor. Show some mercy, church, like you've been shown. Father God, we pray for tonight. We thank you for the meal that we're about to receive. We thank you, Lord, that you've invited us into this communion, to this fellowship with you through your broken body on that cross, that you were extended mercy to us when we did not deserve it. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, a blessing over this meal. We thank you for the hands that prepared it. We pray that we just have a blast, Lord, because we are free people, free only because of your atoning death on that cross. Imputed righteousness you've given to us simply by saying, Jesus, we believe. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we, we don't really want to get, we don't do politics. We got to keep it separate. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, I do. I don't want to do that only because.